welcome to our latest episode of Inside the Post-Dispatch, the podcast that brings you inside the Post-Dispatch newsroom, which is not necessarily the case right day on this particular day. This is a Zoom podcast. Um, I'm Leah Thorson. I am the business reporter and I am, I am a business reporter and I am sitting at home in my basement. And today I'm going to be talking with our columnist Aisha Sultan about, to give you a preview of a column that she has coming out online Friday and in print Sunday. And for those of you who follow her on social media, you'll know that she was recently diagnosed, her husband was recently diagnosed with COVID-19. And she has a little bit more to tell you about that. So I'm going to let Aisha take it away. Aisha? Hi, Leah. Um, yeah, this is the first time I'm really talking publicly about this. Um, but, you know, my husband got infected with a very severe case of COVID-19. Um, he was sick for a little more than a week at home, and then he was in the hospital for almost a week. And he has been home for about a week um, and has a pretty long recovery ahead of him. He came home with oxygen, uh, which he needs anytime he moves around. And um, my, I was also um, uh, diagnosed or I guess tested positive for COVID while my husband was in the hospital. I mean, obviously I was his caretaker. And so it was sort of inevitable in some ways, I feel like. Um, and uh, my symptoms were far milder, but I did still have symptoms um, for about, you know, a week or so, maybe a little bit longer. And um, yeah, so we're just all in the throes of trying to recover from this. Uh, it just sort of knocked everything upside down. So can you talk a little bit more? Um, do you know how did your do you know how your husband contracted contracted it? So we really don't know, and that's the crazy part because he works in healthcare administration for a hospital in St. Charles County, and he's been super ultra cautious, careful, like wearing masks, not going really anywhere except the grocery store, uh, just being extremely, extremely careful since March. So um, really have no idea how he contracted it. The one thing that I, he was really worried about is um, whether anybody else at his work had would have gotten infected by him because you know there's an infectious period before you start showing symptoms when you're asymptomatic and that's really when you're most infectious. And because they're all they've, they are all so diligent and careful about social distancing and masks. No one there uh, tested positive for COVID after his positive, which um, really gave him some peace of mind that at least we didn't go around infecting other people unknowingly. Okay. So can you talk a little bit, I mean, the, the column you're writing, um, it isn't, you're not ready to talk about the experience of going through that yet. And can you talk, tell us a little bit about what you are, are ready to talk about and write about and the message you have for readers? Yeah, sure. So and the reason that, I mean, and I explain this more in my column, why I don't feel ready to talk about the details of what that experience was like day to day um, is because it was really traumatic. My husband was super active, very healthy, was planning a trip to, they do a mountain climbing trip every year with a group of, um, of his buddies. And he got sick the weekend before they were supposed to go. And they've done this for many, many years. So, I mean, this is a guy who was climbing like 50,000 feet mountains. Um, and, you know, just 
as healthy as you or I, um, and to see him so sick and not knowing what the outcome would be and still very, you know, still really struggling. Um, and I hope that no one ever has to take a loved one to the hospital and not know if they're going to be okay and then have to leave them there. Um, I've never had to do anything like that before. And I know a lot of people have been in that situation in this country. It is truly the most stressful and torturous thing uh, to do as a caregiver and as someone, when you see someone you love suffering and you can't even be there with them. Um, so that is why I think I have to still give that little bit of time to process and work through that before. And I, and I say this in the column, and I think you'll understand this as a writer, Leah, is that I do want to share that and I do want to eventually write about it because mm -hmm. when you're going through something really hard, you're looking for people's stories of hope and inspiration and healing. And I was constantly reading, trying to find stories of people who had gotten better or people who'd been really sick and gotten better. Um, and I, so I feel like it's important for me to just be really honest and share all of that. I just can't do it right now. Mm -hmm. now to your question, what I am ready to talk about right now is trying to understand why things that seem so uh, in some ways common sense and not that hard to do like wearing a mask avoiding crowds you know wearing a mask if you go into a store knowing that it could like literally save someone's life and shoot i'm sorry about that knowing that it um just doesn't require a whole lot of personal responsibility. I mean, other things do, like the hits our businesses have taken, the, what's happened with our kids in schools. Like those are massive disruptive things that have turned our lives upside down. But the personal things we have to do to take responsibility to try to keep others safe, really not that onerous. Washing your hands, keeping a distance from people, wearing a mask. And so I'm really struggling trying to understand why people who know this is real, who know people are getting sick and dying, are not being very consistent about those practices. So as this was happening, your, your husband was at home sick yeah. for eight days, and then he spent nearly a week in the hospital. So you're, and then you got sick afterward, is that right? Right, okay. I got sick after him. Mm -hmm. Okay, so while all this is happening, that's why when you were doing the research, like reading about yes, and seeing all the the fight against wearing masks, and and you you oh you've God. already you've touched on this that it's it's our it was already aggravating to you and to many people before actually experiencing it. But what's what's it like on that next level when you're watching your husband in the hospital and you're suffering and you're worrying about your kids? Like that's a whole different way of dealing, having to deal with it. It is, it is so surreal. Uh, it's hard to, it's hard to describe because, you know, on one hand, you have, you're, you don't know if your spouse or someone you love is going to make it or how sick you're going to get, or are your kids going to be okay? And on the other hand, I'm reading every day and seeing people either dismiss it, downplay it, or rallying for kids to be able to play sports. And all of it just seemed like, wow, where is the, 
where are people's sense of like empathy, humanity, and like perspective here? I mean, is it just because you haven't seen someone really, really sick um, that you think it's no big deal or that you think it's, I don't know. It was, it was, you know, I was telling our colleague, Jeremy Kohler, um, I was texting with him while this was all going on. I'm like, God, every time I try to sit down and write about this experience, what I'm going through, I feel so much rage and anxiety. Um, and I don't know when I'll get over that um, because so much of it was preventable. Yeah. And let's touch on this in just one minute. Let's take a brief break so we can hear from our sponsors. And then I wondered if you could give us, um, when we come back, just a brief um, glimpse into your column and experience you had with someone at your local dog park. So let's take a moment here from our sponsors and we'll be back in just a little bit. All right, welcome back. We're here today with Aisha Sultan, um, columnist for the Post-Dispatch. Um, she is talking about a column that she has um, coming up online Friday and in print Sunday in the Post-Dispatch, um, talking about the weird things about surviving COVID-19. Um, her husband was hospitalized with it. She also suffered with it. And one of the things she talks about in the column that I thought was really interesting and it's probably a conversation that we've all had at some point during this pandemic was with someone at the dog park. And Aisha, I wondered if you could tell us a little bit about that. Sure. So I, uh, as regular readers know, I have a little pup named Frankie and um, we were at a dog park in St. Louis County and a gentleman, you know, stuck up a conversation with me. And then of course it ended up, ended up talking about the virus. Like a lot of our conversations end up, <laughs> end up going to. And he said how he knew someone whose parent had died and he felt so bad for her because she'd inadvertently given it to him. And I thought, gosh, that is really so heartbreaking and sad. And he agreed. It was just horrible for her. Mm -hmm. Then like later in the conversation, not that much later, he says about how he was exposed to someone at work, but he really didn't want to go get tested because he didn't want to be cooped up in his house for two weeks and he felt fine. And Aaliyah, like in that moment, I was sort of like dumbstruck because I'm thinking, you obviously know this is real. You just told me about someone who you know that died from it. And yet, and you also know that you can inadvertently spread it to someone, but you don't want to get tested because you don't want to be inconvenienced. I mean, and I write this in the column that I agree there are structural things in our society that are completely screwed up, like people not having health insurance and being scared to get tested because they can't afford medical treatment or they can't even afford the cost of a test if they're in a place where they have to pay for a test. Um, so yeah, that doesn't make sense in a pandemic even more so than in regular life. Like uh, clearly we can see how people not having access to healthcare can impact all of us. And then also people who don't have paid sick days. Yeah, I can understand how it would be really hard to figure out how am I gonna feed my family if I can't go to work for two weeks, especially if I feel okay. Or if your employer is saying, no, you have to come or you're, you lose your job. Yes, those are impossible situations and our country needs to like address those situations. If someone's sick and has to quarantine, they need to be able to sustain themselves and their family. But this was not the situation of this gentleman. Um, he just didn't want to be inconvenienced. I mean, one, I think, yeah. Oh, no, and you wrote one, one line in there that, that jumped out was um, in the column. I wondered if he realized he sounded kind of like a selfish sociopath. 
Yeah, and I don't mean that to be um, exceptionally harsh because I think we all have selfish tendencies. Like we all think about ourselves, but when someone you love um, has nearly died or is, you know, I write in the column about someone else very close to me who's critically ill right now, Mm -hmm. can't help but hear those statements. I hear it differently now in my ears. I thought about that conversation so many times when Ershad was sick and I thought, God, I wonder if you realize that someone's mother, father, son, daughter could be sick right now and because you don't want to be cooped up for two weeks or because you don't want to be bothered to wear a mask because it's uncomfortable for you when you go into a store or something that now someone is suffering suffering in a way that you can't imagine. I don't know. Like, I think it hits me really differently now, Leah. That mm-hmm. In that moment, yes, I was taken aback and I thought about that cognitive dissonance that was going on. But now I was just like, dude, that is incredibly selfish. Mm-hmm. So how has this changed how you, when you do go out, I know you're always hyper responsible before, but it, does it add this? I mean, there always was that element of fear, but yeah, what's it well, like now? The weird thing is like, I guess now in some ways it's safer for us to go out because we have antibodies. We know we keep, we're not getting anybody sick and mm-hmm. hopefully we're not going to get reinfected. Although there is a risk of secondary reinfection. Like we don't want to get, um, a flu or something, you know, we'll get shots where uh, healthy enough to get flu shots, which I think it should be pretty soon. But um, honestly, like, I don't think either of us have much of a desire right now to go out. And I think maybe there's like a lingering fear that happens when, and you know, we've been in isolation for or quarantine. We ended up, our quarantine ended up being pretty long because I got sick after him. So my kids ended up being in quarantine for like 23, 24 days. And when you've been inside that long, you haven't had a chance to like actually go into a store, go places like, I mean, I went to the pet store and I bought Frankie food um, Mm -hmm. once I got out of quarantine and I still feel like going anywhere else right now. Like maybe the, I guess we'll go to the grocery store when we run out of groceries, but And it's so weird because Ershad and I are both extremely extroverted, outgoing, like always on the go people. But I just want to wait until it feels a little safer. That's definitely understandable. Well, Aisha, is there anything else you wanted to tell people? I mean, that you didn't in the, I mean, beyond what you wrote in the column or anything else you want to say? Yeah, there's something else like, You know, if there is someone, um, I've been really, really touched and lifted by like hundreds of emails and messages that I've gotten on social media and through my email from readers of the Post-Dispatch and people who've read me for a long time. Um, It, it, like, there were some very dark and scary moments and uh, people's prayers and kind wishes meant a lot to me. And so if somebody is listening to this and is going through a very scary dark period themselves uh, with COVID, then please, please email me. Uh, would totally love to talk to you and, you know, tell you what we went through uh, in, in more detail, if it, get, it can offer you some comfort. Um, and also, we tend to let our guard down around our family and friends because 
we have a bias towards believing that they're behaving responsibly and safely like we are. And so now that people are going to be inside more, you know, we can't just like, we, for, for much longer, we won't be able to just go on hikes with our friends or meet them outside. It'll be colder. Um, please, 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 please wear a mask inside the house with your parents or anyone who you would hate to see get sick. And especially as more kids will be going to school, um, please don't let your guard down around those people. It's just, it's not worth it. Well, thank you so much, Aisha. We really appreciate you talking with us today. Again, check out her column um, coming out this weekend. And um, you can find this podcast um, with the other podcasts on stltoday.com backslash podcasts. As always, we ask you to subscribe so we can keep doing the work that we love and the journalism. And we will talk to you next time. Thanks again.